Kafka on the Shore, Chapter 39 My second day on the mountain passes leisurely, seamlessly. The only thing that distinguishes one day from the next is the weather. If the weather were the same, I couldn't tell one day from another. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, they'd all blur into one, like an anchorless ship. Time floats aimlessly across the broad sea. I do the math and come up with today as Tuesday. The day Miss Psyche gives a tour of the library, provided there are any people who want to take it. Just like the very first day I came to the place. Spike hills clicking on the stairs, she walks up the first floor, the sound reverberating through the stillness. Her shining stockings, bright white blouse, tiny pearl earrings, her Montblanc pen on top of her desk, her calm smile, tinged with a long shadow of resignation. All these details seem so far away now and no longer real. Sitting on the sofa in the cabin, the odor of the faded fabric all around me, memories of her love-making rise in my head. Miss Psyche slowly removing her clothes, getting into bed. Tiring of these sexual fantasies, I wander outside and go into my usual exercise routine. I hang on to the porch railing and go through an ab workout. Then I do some quick squats followed by hard stretching. By this time I'm covered in sweat, so I wet my towel in the stream and wipe myself off. The cold water helps to calm my nerves. I sit on the porch and listen to Radiohead on my Walkman. Since I ran away, I've been listening to the same music over and over. Radiohead's Kid A, Prince's Greatest Hits. Sometimes Coltrane's My Favorite Things. At 2 p.m., just when the library tour is starting, I head out into the forest. I follow the same path, walk for a while and arrive at a clearing. I sit on the grass, lean against a tree trunk and gaze at the round opening of sky through the branches. The edges of white summer clouds are visible. Up to this point, I am safe. I can find my way back to the cabin. A maze for beginners. If this were a video game, I have easily cleared level 1. If I go any further though, I'll enter a more elaborate, more challenging labyrinth. The path gets narrower and I'll get swallowed up by the sea of ferns. I ignore this and forge ahead. I want to see how deep this forest really is. I know it's dangerous, but I want to see and feel what kind of danger lies ahead, how dangerous it really is. I have to. Something showing me forward. Cautiously, I edge down a kind of path. The trees tower higher and higher, the air growing denser by the minute. Above the mass of branches, nearly blot out the sky. All signs of summer have vanished, as and it's as if seasons never existed. Soon, I no longer know if what I'm following is a path or not. It looks like a path is shaped like one, but then again it doesn't, and it isn't. In the middle of this stuffy, overgrown greenery, all definitions start to get a bit fuzzy around the edges. What makes sense and what doesn't, it's all muddled up. Above me, a crow gives out a piercing caw that sounds like a warning. It's so jarring. I stop and tentatively survey my surroundings. Without the proper equipment, it's too dangerous to go any further. I have to turn back, which isn't easy. 
like napoleon's army on the retreat going home is more difficult than going forward i discover the path back is misleading the dense vegetation forming a dark wall in front of me my own breathing sounds loud in my ears like a wind blowing at the edge of the world a huge black butterfly about the size of my palm appears from the shade of the trees and flutters into my line of sight its shape reminding me of the blood stain on my t-shirt it flies slowly across an open space then vanishes among the trees and when it has disappeared everything suddenly seems even more oppressive the air chillier i am seized by panic not knowing how to get out of here the crow squawks shrilly again the same bird as before sending the same message i stand still and look up but can't see it a breeze a real one blows up from time to time ominously rustling the dark leaves at my feet i sense shadows racing past behind me but when i spin round they have hidden themselves somehow i am able to make it back to my safety zone the little round clearing in the forest i flop down on the grass and breathe deeply i look up at the patch of real sky above me a couple of times just to convince myself i've made it back to the world i came from signs of summer so precious now surround me sunlight envelops me like a film warming me up the fear i had felt though clings to me like a clump of unmelted snow in the corner of a garden my heart beats irregularly from time to time and my skin still has a slightly creepy feeling that night i lay i lie there in the darkness breathing quietly my eyes wide open hoping to catch a figure appearing in the dark praying for it to appear and not knowing if prayers have any effect at all concentrating for all i'm worth wanting badly for it to happen hoping that wanting it so badly will make my wish come true but my wish doesn't come true my desires are shot down like the night before miss psyche does not show up not the real miss psyche not an illusion not her as a 15 year old girl the darkness remains just that darkness just before i fall asleep i have a massive erection harder than any i've ever had but i don't jerk off i have made up my mind to hold the memory of making love with miss psyche untouched at least for now hands clenched tight i fall asleep hoping to dream of her instead i dream of sakura or is it a dream it's also vivid clear and consistent but i don't know what else to call it so dream seems the best label i'm in her apartment and she is asleep in bed i'm in my sleeping bag just like that night i spent at her place time's been rewound setting me down at a turning point i wake up in the middle of the night dying of thirst get out of my sleeping bag and drink some water glass after glass five or maybe six my skin's covered with a sheen of sweat and the front of my boxers is tented in another huge erection when i drink some water my cock automatically absorbs it i can hear the faint sound of it soaking up the water i put the glass next to the sink and lean back against the wall i want to check the time but i can't find the clock in this the deepest hour of the night even the clock's been swallowed up in the depths 
I am standing beside Sakura's bed. Light from a street lamp filters in through the curtain. She is facing away from me, fast asleep. Her small, shapely feet sticking out from under the thin on a switch. Thick branches cut off my field of vision. There is no season here. I make a decision and crawl in next to Sakura. The single bed creaks with extra weight. I breathe in the smell of the faintly sweaty back of her neck. I wrap my arms gently around her. She makes a small sound but continues to sleep. The crow squawks loudly. I look up but I can't spot the bird. I can't even see the sky. I pull up Sakura's t-shirt and fondle her soft breasts. Again the crow cries out, sending me a message, but I can't work out what it's trying to tell me. Sakura's body is warm, her body as sweaty as mine. I decide to pull her around to face me, slowly pulling her closer so that she is face up. She exhales deeply, but still she doesn't show any signs of waking. I rest my ear against her paper-flat stomach, trying to catch the echoes of the dream within that labyrinth. At the same time, in a hollow inside me, something struggles to break out of its shell. Before I realize what's happening, there's a pair of eyes turned in on me and I can observe this whole scene. I don't yet know if this thing inside me is good or bad, but whichever it is, I can't hold it back or stop it. It's still a slimy, faceless being, but it will soon break free of its shell, show its face and slow off its jelly-like coating. Then I'll know what it really is. Now though, it's just a formless sign. It's reaching out its hands that won't be hands, breaking apart the shell at its softest point. And I can see each and every one of its movements. I make up my mind. No, actually, I haven't made up my mind about anything. Making up your mind means you have a choice and I don't. I strip off my boxers, releasing my cock. I hold Sakura, spread her legs and slip inside her. Suddenly she snaps awake and realizes what's going on. Kafka, what are you doing? It would seem that I'm inside you, I reply. But why? she asks in a dry, raspy voice. Didn't I tell you that's off limits? I can't help it. Stop this now. Get it out of me. I can't, I say, shaking my head emphatically. Listen to me. First of all, I've got a steady boyfriend, okay? And second, you've come into my dream without permission. That's not right. I know. It's still not too late. You're inside me, but you haven't started moving. You haven't come yet. It's just unmoving inside me, as if it's thinking about something. Am I right? I nod. Take it out, she admonishes me. And let's pretend this never happened. I can forget it, and so should you. I'm your sister and you're my brother. Even if we are not related, we are most definitely brother and sister. You understand what I'm saying? We are part of a family. We shouldn't be doing this. It's too late, I tell her. Why? Because I decided it is. Because you decided it is, says the boy named Crow. You don't want to be at the mercy of things outside you anymore or thrown into confusion by things you can't control. You've already murdered your father and violated your mother and now here you are inside your sister. 
If there's a curse in all this, you mean to grab it by the horns and fulfill the program that's been laid out for you. Lift the burden from your shoulders and live. Not caught up in someone else's schemes, but as you. That's what you want. She covers her face with her hands and cries a little. You feel sorry for her, but there's no way you're going to leave her body. I understand, she says. I won't say anymore, but I want you to remember something. You are raping me. I like you, but this isn't how I want it to be. We might never see each other again, no matter how much we want to meet later on. Are you, are you okay with that? You don't respond. Your mind switched off. You draw her close to you and start to move your hips, carefully, cautiously, and in the end, violently. You try to remember the shapes of the trees to help you get back, but they all look the same and are soon swallowed up in the anonymous sea. Sakura closes her eyes and gives herself up to the motion. She doesn't say a word or resist. Her face is expressionless, turned away from you. But you feel the pleasure rising up in her like an extension of yourself. Now you understand it. The entwined trees stand like a dark wall blocking your view. The bird no longer sends its message. And you come. I come. And I wake up. I'm in bed, alone. It's the middle of the night. The darkness is as deep as it can be. All clocks lost within. I get out of bed, strip off my underpants, go over to the kitchen and rinse the semen off them. I feel so alone, I can't stand it. In the darkness, in the middle of the night, surrounded by a deep forest, I couldn't be more alone. There are no seasons here, no light. I walk back to the bed, sit down and breathe a huge sigh. The darkness wraps itself around me. The thing inside you has revealed itself. The shell is gone, shattered, nowhere to be seen and it's there, a dark shadow resting. Your hands are sticky with something, human blood by the look of it. You hold them out in front of you but there's not enough light to see. It's far too dark, both inside and out.